just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Good afternoon and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Looking forward to today's conversation. I uh, became aware of this organization just about a month ago and I have been so looking forward to this conversation. Say hello to my guest. Her name is Jenna Keller. She's a principal with Trevolino Keller. Jenna, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, the pleasure is mine. Thanks for carving out some very valuable time to join me. Gosh, do me a favor before we get into our conversation, which frankly, we're going to, have to be careful because if I don't pay attention, we're going to talk for about four or five hours right. on these topics. But before we do that, real quickly, inform the audience a bit about you and your background. Sure, sure. So my background is in public relations and marketing. I've been a practitioner for bumping up on 25 years now. Um, I've had experience with global agencies and a lot of experience with technology companies and startup companies. 13 or so years ago, my business partner and I, Dean Trevolino, founded our own firm. And we work with emerging brands, established brands, and you know, kind of all shapes and sizes. And we've seen a lot of folks start new things, want to start new things. Some do incredibly well. Some have some false starts, which is part of the process. So what's changed the most in the 25 years you've been in this business? Oh, gosh. I would say public relations and marketing and where it fits in the value life cycle of companies and products, and particularly this thing called social media, right? 25 years ago, it was not around. The internet was not around when I started this journey of mine. And so it absolutely has changed how folks receive information, thereby how folks need to communicate all of the different channels. It's not just what you read in black and white anymore, although that is still important. Just like what we're doing here today, they're mediums that are just abounding. Now, I interviewed Guy Kawasaki about two weeks ago, oh, wow. and he has just put out a couple of books, The Art of Social Media and The Art of the Start 2.0. I'm sure you're familiar with those, yes. certainly familiar with Guy. He, in essence, said because of the easy way now that you can produce content on your own, and with the dominance now of social media that you really don't need PR and advertising anymore. What's your take on that? Well, I think we have probably a different point of view from Guy. I certainly respect him and everything that he has done, but there still is some validity in thought leadership, yep. right? There is still validity in third-party validation. You and I can say anything, and if you believe it, is it true? Perhaps, but you, know, you want other folks that have opinions and understand the market and the broader landscape to see where you fit. And, you know, what is your context and is it worthy? So we absolutely do believe that there is a place. Absolutely. Well, and I agree with you on that too. <laughs> Good. It's an intriguing conversation though, right? Yes, and there it are is. definitely ways that you can leverage some of these tools. And I think a lot of organizations really struggle at that, which is where I'm sure a Trevolino Keller can be very supportive and very helpful. So gosh, when you're talking about a company, whether they're a traditional long-term organization versus a startup, mm -hmm. there's a lot of differences between those two, but there are a lot of similarities, uh, you know, but let's talk about that organization that maybe is starting either the company that's itself or launching a product. Let's mm -hmm. kind of come at our conversation from that context. So if you build a product, is it true? If you just build it, people are going to come? Sometimes. Sometimes you get really lucky, but more often than not, you don't. 
you wish you could. You wish the world worked that way. If the world worked that way, I would not be in business. You may not be in business either. But no, I think a lot of folks love the building process. We work with a lot of engineers, a lot of research and development folks, a lot of idea people, and they have amazing ideas. But, you know, you need to execute on the idea and you need to execute on the marketing of the idea. You know, I read once from a tech engineer that actually had a marketing hat as well. He said, you know, the minute you write your first line of code, you should also write your first line of content. You know, how do you compare the two? You know, you need to think about the product, but not just myopically, not how you want the product, but is there a customer for the product? And if so, how do you talk to that person? I've had other conversations on this show over the last couple of years about, you know, this idea of growth hacking. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with that. And the in essence, they're the position of someone who's a growth hacker says the traditional means of marketing are dead and there's a new way of going about it. And, and it sounds like that's, I'm sure like Guy Kawasaki, you and I have a different opinion on that. However, the idea of hearing a coder say the first time you write code, you should be writing content too. That to me is very powerful. Yes, it is. It's absolutely powerful. It's a whole different way of thinking, right? So you're not just thinking from a functionality perspective, but you're thinking, what am I delivering that is a value? And who cares about that? And so that's where the content comes into play. There's an interesting case study with Mint, mint mint.com. They seem to be an overnight success. Relatively, they were. It was a a couple of years and they were acquired for a handsome sum. But, you know, they had an idea. And before they ever did any development, they spent about four to six months, the founder did, polling folks just randomly. You know, what do you think about this slogan? What do you think about this? What Would you use this service? And they had different tweaks on what they offered. You know, is security important to you? And they found out a lot of market data even before the R&D phase hit in and it influenced the R&D. So when you're launching a company or certainly a new product, what's the best time to think about marketing from day one, yes? It really is. You know, it really is. And, you know, marketing can mean a lot of different things, right? So we're not necessarily advocating that you immediately think about your SEO strategy, you know, or those types of tactics, but you do need to be thinking about the positioning and the messaging. And from day one, you're building a brand. It could be you are testing your concept and theory with friends and family. What's it called? How does it feel? Is it progressive? Is it conservative? Who does it serve? What is that audience? Are they progressive? Are they conservative? So you absolutely need to do some alignment and begin thinking about that from day one. Now, it's my experience, Jenna, from my personal interactions, plus from my market observations, that a lot of organizations really struggle with this dichotomy of thinking about marketing and product development at the same time. And often it's an engineer, guy who prefer to be in the basement coding and writing and thinking about the product uh, and doesn't want to necessarily think about the world and how they're going to accept that. I mean, we were talking pre-show about this idea of marketing sooner rather than later. I mean, how does an organization shift their mindset if they wanted to build the perfect product and they think, all right, well, if I do that, then the marketing is going to happen. Now, that happens on a rare occasion. But how do you coach, what's your advice and counsel to an organization to be sure they're thinking about this alignment, as you say? Well, I think a lot of it comes with the team members and the structure of the company. So many times, particularly with a new company or a new division within a large company, there are two or three people that are close to it. They have a a brilliant idea, a brilliant idea. They understand how to make it happen. They understand the bits and the bytes and the widgets and how to build it. But very close, the next hire or the next person they bring into their loop should have a marketing sensibility. It does not have to be a CMO type. It does not have to be a full-fledged team, but someone that can say, hey guys, let's step back a minute and let's make sure that what you are building is the perfect product for 
said audience. And let's think about that audience a little bit and what are their needs. Don't just build it in a vacuum. I was listening to a podcast on my way over to the studio this morning about a, an organization, a startup that went through Y Combinator, mm-hmm. YC. And they had gone through this whole process where they had built this product and they were growing, they were getting customers, but it wasn't growing at the YC expected rate, right? right? right. And so there was all this concern and knee deep in the process. I mean, not far from the graduation pre- presentation day, Someone asked a question that just rocked their world and it changed everything overnight. So the question I'm trying to ask you is, what is the best way? How do you provide this counsel to your clients to be asking those kinds of questions to be sure, do I have all my bases covered here? And is this thing viewed in the marketplace the way I think it is or the way it should be? Right. Oftentimes when companies come to us, we try to probe and ask those types of questions, right? We've been doing this for a long time. So we understand when someone has something and it feels good. Sometimes there's just that gut. And we understand when companies may be too soon, right? So it may seem kind of a dichotomy. I say you need to be thinking about marketing sooner than later. But sometimes companies will come to us and we'll say, you know, you're not ready. You need to go back and define your audiences. You need to go back and ask yourself some of these questions. You need to do some focus groups. You know, you need to really kind of test it within your circle, then come back, right? Then we can amplify the message because any firm, any marketing firm, that's really what we help with is helping you define the positioning and the messaging and then amplifying that messaging. And so oftentimes we'll say, look, we can help you define those messages and the positioning, but we need some research behind it. We need some data behind it. But before you you know, blow it all and on the amplification, you got to make sure that's right. Yeah. Well, you were yeah. telling me a story before we went to air about the organization that uh, that worked on that perfect product. Yeah. But then when they went to market, there was no one that was interested in it. That's so that's, right. that's, that seems to be, unfortunately, a very common problem. But that's okay. I mean, hopefully people listening to this will begin to say, I got to ask those hard questions sooner right. rather than later. That's right. That's right. All right. Jenna Keller and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you by Miles Finch Innovation, LLC, a creative consultancy that is passionate about ideas, imagination, and facilitating a culture of innovation. Miles Finch Innovation helps companies navigate the messy territory of corporate innovation. They're strategic thinking partners who can help you get unstuck and identify creative solutions to your toughest challenges. They also love to train and speak on the subject of creative leadership. Learn more about how they can help you at milesfinchinnovation.com. Miles Finch Innovation. Idea-centric. Strategically driven. Humanly conscious. All right, I'm back with Jenna Keller, principal with Trevelino Keller. All right, so I've heard you talk about this idea of stealth mode. How does that fit into the life cycle of this product? Sure. Well, stealth is interesting, particularly in startup land or in entrepreneurship land. So many times we'll talk to companies and they do not want anyone to know what they're working on. And stealth, maybe that's left for the military, right? Because there are a lot of great ideas out there. Is yours 100% new? It may be. It may be. But more than likely, it's a tweak on something and someone else may be working on something similar, you know, a little bit similar. So sometimes it's marketing. You need to outmarket. You need to outposition. You need to outshine. You need to outamplify your perceived competition or the to-be-determined competition, right? You've got to get out there. And so the stealth mode, we're not fans of. You know, if you have got a concept and an idea, you know, you really need to look at kind of this hand-to-hand combat. You need to talk to maybe your first 100 or so customers. Go out, you know, have conversations, get their opinions, get their feedback, iterate that, use that. 
guess what? Those 100 can maybe become brand champions. They're part of the process. They feel like they've helped you shape your company. They've helped you shape your product. They're invested. Isn't it part of, particularly if you think of like a, a tech startup, isn't part of the marketing plan, when you look at the life cycle of that whole marketing campaign, isn't one of the goals to get the early adopters excited about that. And so in my view, correct me if I'm wrong, but the only way to do that is to get the thing out there right. and get them thinking That's about right. it and talking about it, right? That's right. That's exactly right. It sure is. And unstealth doesn't mean go to the masses necessarily, but it does mean get out of your cube, get out of the basement, get out of the garage and go have some interactions and talk with folks. You're going to learn from it. You may pivot. You may pivot a feature. You may pivot the whole company, you know, based on some key learnings. But you absolutely, to stealth, that's where we see all of the money being channeled into R&D. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the day, they may have in their mind what is the perfect product. But again, it's not the perfect product for the market. There may need no market for it. Well, I mean, how many college dropouts are in their basement coding right now, trying to develop the next big thing, right? And so the point you made just a few minutes ago, whereas if you think you're coming up with something unique, chances are you're not. It's a big planet, right? There's a lot of smart people out there that are trying to solve the same problem that you thought about too, right? And I almost hate to say it, it's, yeah, you could build a better product than the next guy, but it's the marriage of building the right product that fits the market and the right marketing strategy behind it. That's, that's right. where chances are, there's, that's where the success that's comes, right. right? That's right. That's what we see. You look at highly competitive markets in any space. It doesn't have to be new, right? You look at the soft drink market, for instance. In the early days, two key players. What were they all about? Marketing, right? You know, out marketing one another, getting mindshare, getting awareness. So you, you do, you need to kind of get out and, and have those conversations and key learnings and continue to push. And you push what folks like. You may find that you're marketing not the newest feature, not what you think is the best feature, but you're marketing the feature that folks care about the most. Yeah, and the right? feedback you get That's is right. really critical to continuing that product development, yes? It is, absolutely. So this is where the, the, I imagine a lot of people say, well, wait a minute, Jenna, how do I know when my product's ready to go to market? I mean, because you made the comment earlier, I think in the top half of the show, where you said sometimes you sit down with a client and say, you're not ready for that yet. So what's the fine line there? How do you know? You know, it is a fine line and there is not, unfortunately, a formulaic answer. There's no one size fits all. Oh, there shouldn't be. That's right. That's right. There, There really isn't. And so you've got to look at every situation. What is the market that they're going after? What is the problem that they are solving? Where are they, you know, from a life cycle perspective? Do they have any customers? Do they have any feedback? Are they beta? Are they alpha? If they have an idea, they're not ready. You know, it's too soon, right? If they have an idea and they're going to begin coding it and it can be done in 30 days, they're probably still not ready. Because again, what they're missing is a little bit of that iterative feedback loop. You know, we like to see some validation from potential customers, from potential partners, even validation from potential competitors. You know, if they've had these conversations and someone's gotten wind of it, if if they're a threat, then maybe they're ready, right? You know, then maybe they're ready to go out and, and make some noise against that space. So again, this is probably another one of those questions that there's not a simple answer for, and that's the whole beauty, and that's why people like you earn a living, because these things aren't easy. But when I'm a startup and I have a product and I think, all right, well, I have a limited amount of time in my day to focus on marketing. I've got the message. I need to be thinking about marketing this company or this product, but where do I focus? Am I going to focus on those early adopters? Am I going to be thinking about mass market? Am I going to worry about scaling? I mean, Peter Thiel just came out with his book and he said, you ought to be thinking about, is this company going to be viable in 25 years? Well, most people can't even think about the next 25 days, let alone 25 years, but I can see his point of thinking, is this company going to be viable for the duration? So 
Where do you focus on this? Yeah, you know, honestly, you, you need to focus on them all. It's a matter of priorities, right? So first focus are the first customers. You've got to get that core user base. You've got to get that feedback. You've got to get it in the market. And then from there, it's the outer circle. Who's next? What is your next market? Is it a vertical approach? Is it a vertical market saturation? You know, maybe you've got a widget and it's going in the manufacturing space. You know, have you saturated that market? If you have, great. What is your next market? So I absolutely do believe you need to look at the long-term scalability as well, because otherwise, what's the point? Now, you know, someone may come and say, look, I've got a product. I've got a two or three-year plan. I want to saturate this one market, and then I want to be acquired. That's a very different long-term plan. That's a short long-term plan. <laughs> well, I worry that too many people go into this looking for that high-paying exit, right? Because every day you read a story about it, but in terms of the percentage of real startups, that achieving something like that is very, very rare, right? And so I worry that that's their focus. Yeah, and I think for a lot of folks, maybe fresh out of school, you know, they may think that is their focus because... That's what they're seeing. Their movies about it, right? Yeah. I can't tell you how many folks have come in, young kids, and they're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant engineers, but they say, I'm going to build the next Facebook, and I really don't need marketing. I think I can use social media to do it 100%. And, you know, I say, well, good luck with that. I hope that you do. I really do. <laughs> and let's talk in a couple of months and see how it's going. I think, you know, folks just don't realize how complicated it can be and how layered it can be and how crowded it is. There's a lot going on. There are more channels than ever before. There are more communication vehicles. There are shorter messaging. And I think we maybe all have ADD a little bit. You know, we're all marketing in 140 characters or less, right? right? So there's just a lot going on. So you've got to be laser focused on what you say, when you say it, how you say it. But right? it's it's because of all that noise that the content side of this is so critical because that's how you can really hook people in, right? Yep. Yep. That's one of the absolute ways. You know, you've got to be very smart about where you sit and what is your value. Maybe you don't market with your cool new feature. That's not your lead message. Maybe your lead message is what problem are you solving? What are their pain points? You know, you really need to hit them where it hurts. Well, that, to me, that's an entrepreneur as a problem solver, right? Yes. That's the simple that's definition right. of it. You know, I've seen it happen a lot where there's been a, a, a big story and a, and a new startup is suddenly all the rage and, and people are scrambling over trying to get the private beta invites and all that. And people say, oh, how lucky were those guys? And, and you and I both know it probably wasn't luck, mm -hmm. but you can position yourself to be lucky. What are a couple of recommendations you have there to, to be in position to have, say, a guy Kawasaki or a Robert Scoble talk about your product and all of a sudden it's all that anybody can talk about? You know, I think you've got to be very deliberate. I think you've got to be very strategic, very deliberate. If you want one of these folks to talk about you, you've got to get in front of them. You know, they're not just going to magically find you. So there's some key strategies. Look at the key conferences. Maybe go where they're going, right? You need an audience. That's where you're really smart about your social media. You know, are you in the right groups on LinkedIn? Can you post comments on blogs where you see these influencers? You know, how do you get in their consideration set? And sometimes it's you don't ask, you don't get, right? It's pitching your idea to these folks. And you may get their attention. You may get lucky and get their attention. Well, I'll tell you my secret, Jenna, is I have a podcast and I interview them. <laughs> that's right. And that's, no, and that's, that's how, how you get them. That's how I get their that's attention. Right. That's how I build their relationship that's and do good. them a favor, help them promote a book or something. So yeah. that's that's the Todd way. Yeah. All right. So we're running out of time. One final summation question here. So we've talked about a lot of important things in this conversation, but let's sum up by saying, or let me asking you, uh, where are the key marketing must-haves? I would say from the beginning, think about your brand. What do you want to be? What is that association you want folks to have of your company or of your product? Um, and brand is not just look and feel. It's not just your identity. It is not just your logo, but it's everything about you. 
back to, you know, are you conservative? Are you progressive? What do you want people to think about you? And, you know, that will reflect in everything that you do, your UX, your user interface work, your design, your messaging, your tone. So you need to be mindful of that. In the very, very early stages, it could be you need to go market and just say, hey, guys, you know, here's an idea we're thinking about. You need to be able to articulate that. So you need a name of a company, not just a a working name. You could have a project name. You probably need a logo. You need to look a little bit buttoned up. Maybe you just need a one pager or two or three slides on your computer to show someone or on your iPad, but you need to look real. You know, you don't want to just go and have a cup of coffee and say, hey, here's my idea. What do you think? You need to look a little bit more baked than that and be a little buttoned up. People will take you seriously and they'll give you real feedback because you're showing them something they can visually react to. All right. Well, as I suspected, Jenna, you and I could talk about these things for hours and hours. I have a feeling our paths will cross again soon on the show. So, all right. Well, for today, before I let you go, how can people contact you should they have questions and where can they learn more about Trevolino Keller? Sure. Well, the website is always a great place, www.trevolinokeller.com. That is a mouthful, so I'll spell it T-R-E-V-E-L-I-N-O, Keller, K-E-L-L-E-R.com. And email is great. I'm always on. It's gkeller at trevelinokeller.com. All right. Jenna Keller, a principal with Trevelino Keller. Jenna, real pleasure to have you. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. All right. Well, that wraps this conversation. On behalf of my guest, Jenna Keller, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. 